Good morning, world. How we doing today? Had a good weekend, and I'm sitting across from my co-partner. Who has, who is this I am sitting across from? And this is KG, and you're listening to another installment of KG and the Fifth Wildcat Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you're all doing well out there in the universe. Hit for those scores, Wildcat. Local scores in there for the week of... October the 4th, starting off with HBU Huskies, women's volleyball, they beat uh, Chicago State 3-1, women's soccer, went to a nil-nil tie with Delaware, uh, Delaware State, men's soccer lost 1-0 to Adelphi, U of, uh, U of H will start with uh, women's volleyball, they lost their f- first two Conference USA uh, matches. First one was a 3-0 to a Tulsa on the road, and then a 3-2 to SMU. Women's soccer lost 2-1 to Tulsa. Football pulled off a cardiac win over UTEP 49-42. Last man standing, as always, when they go to UTEP. Uh, Rice football loses another game on the road, this time at the Rock. 48-24 to Southern Miss. Women's soccer picked up two wins on the road this weekend. They were the first one was a one nil win over SMU. The next one, uh, the second game was a uh, two nil win over Tulsa. Women's volleyball split over the weekend with a three one win at SMU and a loss to Tulsa three zero. St. Thomas uh, University of St. Thomas Kelts men's soccer pull off two wins on the road at uh, Northwood against Northwood University two nil and then LSU three four four two. Women's volleyball split over the weekend and two and three matches went two one. Wins over Texas Western and three one. Dallas Christian three zero. A loss to Southwestern Assemblies of God one three. San Jack Minas and Men's Soccer put a beat down on Coastal Bend College six one. The uh, women's volleyball ranked number six in the National Junior College uh, rankings. Beat Coastal Bend 3-1 and then gave Laredo Community College a 3-1 beating. TSU football took it on the chin after a short week, 58-13 on the road at Jackson State. Women's soccer beat Southern 2-1 on the road and then lost to J State 3-1 on the road. And they, those are our local scores for the weekend. KG, what do we have going on on your end? Well, and one more thing to make everybody happy, since it's, it was a surprise to me, up at the State Fair Classic, uh, Preview oh. B Grambling, uh, what was it called? 31-13, something like 31-23. It was, well, <laughs> it was a surprise because the backup quarterback came off the bench and threw for four, four touchdowns, I believe. And, so. and, and, the, and the strange thing about that, from what I was told when I, uh, when I got the message, and I guess this, that, that, for whatever reason I forgot this, this is the first time Preview has beaten Greg, uh, uh, Doug Williams, Williams yep. and it's, as, at the hand, either as a quarterback or a coach in anything. So kudos to uh, Prairie View and Prairie View, Coach Northern Hall of Fans, one, they get one uh, upper hand. alum in particular who was my mentor from uh, Wall Trip. I won't get the names. Anybody knows me knows who that is. Oh, uh, yeah. We, uh, we're not going to get into his habits at all. So we're going to get all that. He's a very happy man. Yeah. Uh, that's the, the one thing that it does, though, it gives Prairie View an upper hand and all in the Western Division, and it gives them a shot at going back to the uh, SWAT Championship this year. Correct. And just a reminder, you touched on it with the TSU on TV getting – Beat down by Jackson State, fifty-eight, thirteen. Once again, special teams bit them in behind again. Uh, they got to get that corrected. Yeah. Now let's talk about. Uh, well, let's let's see. Um, 
Well, this, this, I'm, I'm gonna make something relevant, but basically because uh, it, it has to do with pro football, which is during the time of the season. On this day in 1921, Bill Willis was born. He is one of the first of four African Americans to permanently, and this, it, it was missing uh, capital letters bowl break professional football's color barrier in 1946 when he agreed to sign with the Cleveland Browns of the All-America Football Conference. He was elected to the Hall of Fame in 1977. And that final score was 31-23 over Grambling by Prairie View. So good win. And thank good you win. to Bill Willis, you know, one of the pioneers in African-American history sports related. Uh, we're not going to talk too much about the Cougars football team because I mean, I mean, we, we talk about everything here on the KDN for the Wildcat a podcast, sports related on the college level. U of H defense struggled again at uh, Tuesday's press conference. Coach U of H coach Kevin Sumlin touched on a few things. That's interesting stat. Uh, I don't remember the exact number, but 29 rushing plays. The defense held minors to let's say 63 yards. 12. Russian plays, minus rush for 200 plus yards. So they were they were good for 29 plays, but for 12 plays they had breakdowns in scheme, coverage, personnel, whatever. So that's one thing they need to get corrected. And also, uh, Coach mentioned uh, later on, uh, well, in my one-on-one with him, that uh, it's basically uh, when they make that trick to uh, uh, to. To El Paso, it's been it's been a shootout. You know, either with when uh, Coach Sumner has been in the, at the ham or when uh, or when uh, Art Bros was at the ham. But when they've come here, you know, it's it's been one of those things where U of H is blowing them out. Um, coach, uh, both coaches have mentioned that it's based, it's, it's several things. You know, home atmosphere, altitude, and uh, time factor. But um, when you're at home, you, you need to take care of your business. But also when you're on the road and you're trying to get to win championships, you must do what you need to do to win. And that uh, it all boils down to when you need to make a stop defensively, you need to make a stop. And that's been a rarity when when U of H has gone on the road to uh, Utah. And more, you know, bottom line, it's, it's a road, it's a conference road win. So we can alums can be disappointed in the defense, the struggle on defense, what have you. Bottom line is, is the W. The games aren't boring. You know, U of H football is home this Saturday at the Rob versus East Carolina. It's a home game. So in my eyes, it's, it's, it should be a win because it's a home game. When the Cougars come out and support the, the football team, should be another sellout. And I hope it's a sellout, sellout with actual butts in the seats. No not spaces. Not necessarily spaces. The tickets may be purchased, but I want to see just a sea of Cougar Red in the, in the place because I'll be there. Kickoff is at 6 p.m. I'll be uh, eating. A few uh, of the uh, of the uh, Folks, of the food. Take care of the young man while he's while he's coming around. Drink, a, drink some water or, or another adult beverage. I doubt that though, since I'll be in the press box. So, uh, oh, but um, it, it's a six o'clock game, conference game. Crews have a chance to go to six and overall, two and all conference. So come to the game, come to the raw. And have a good time. What are uh, talking about? Rice uh, has an early game this week. Back to those Southwest Conference days when the uh, game was started. Um, early uh, season games were started at, uh, before 12 o'clock, around 12. They play at 11.30 at home against uh, I think it's Memphis. I Memphis. Think. Yeah. Memphis is not very good. No. And both teams need a win. They are both. Uh, they have one in, uh, one win apiece, and they need to get it turned around this week uh, because – both teams now are in a situation where uh, coaches are being uh, stressed out. 
and they they need a conference win. Somebody yeah. needs to get back into the hunt. Yeah, we're gonna bounce we're gonna bounce around a little bit, but Bryce's loss Thursday was it Thursday or Saturday? Saturday mm-hmm. Southern Miss forty eight twenty four. They struggled. Go ahead. Listen to the game on KCOH yes. 1430 AM. Yes. And as a matter of fact, sir, this game will also be at uh, KCOH 1430 AM on the radio dial. And on the Internet, it's uh, www.kcohradio.com. So listen to it. Listen to our colleagues, uh, Dave and Nate, yeah. do a good job on the games uh, for the Isles Athletics. But it was almost like a regression. Yeah, you know, that's, and, that's, that's and, a concern. And, and, and it shouldn't, at, at, at this point, in the program, especially with this many Saints on the squad, they shouldn't be at that point. They they should be on a on a on a on a upswing this late in the season. Well, let me ask you this: since you are Mr. Owl, is Coach Bailiff on the clock? Yeah. Is there? Do you have in your mind like a number of wins? And, and, and that just means, of course, yeah, yeah. Your, your opinion is it? Do you have like in your mind a number of wins he needs to get this season to save his job? Six. And they have how many right now? One. So he's got some work to do. He's got some work to do. Uh, and it, it, I and don't win was over a Big Ten team, right? Which is a surprise. And this, 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 my judgment on the next game will be not this Memphis game, the UAB and the Northwestern game. Uh, the Northwestern game will be on the road. It'll be in November, you know, late season game, and it'll be in that Big Ten cold. They need to get that done. Because if you can beat up on, on Purdue, who has found themselves now not so much right in the ship, but they're headed in an upswing, right. and you're headed, you're, you're right. aggressive. And and it's it's getting late. I mean, the first quarter of the season is pretty much over. Well, Cat, how many times are we going to have to talk about comet realignment on these podcasts? I, as a matter of fact, speaking of that, in the, in the new issue, edition of A King's Side View, I speak on that. When will it all end? That's that's my headline because apparently Missouri has, for whatever reason, and I know it's some underhanding and some backdoor roaching going on, as we call it in, the, in our fantasy football league, that somebody has made a deal. And the other party, whoever it may be, is being quiet. But Missouri made a decision over the past over this weekend. Board of Regents, Board of Directors, who to give the president the power of attorney to seek out what's available for them, viable as a university, as an athletic program. And once again, you and I both know. It's chasing after that football dollar. It's not about the, the, you know, whatever else is going on on campus. It's about that football dollar. And it's it's interesting because uh, as of our podcast Wednesday morning, I'm reading an article. The uh, university, and this is a new term, Jimmy, University of Missouri Board of Curators announced Tuesday that it has delegated power to MU Chancellor Brady Deaton to explore options for future conference affiliation. That sounds real nice, but bottom line, what, what is curator stuff? It, it just it just says Chancellor Deaton, you have permission to look elsewhere and send an invitation to the SEC because we want to join the SEC for football and all other sports. That's what they, you know. But the quotes are are interesting because as we discussed in the last podcast, touched on a few things. The Big Twelve, the remaining members had agreed to uh, just this past re- revenue sharing for the Tier 1 and Tier 2 TV rights, revenue share, equal revenue sharing for the Tier 1 TV, Tier 1 T- Tier 2 rights 
and for a six-year deal that they wanted all the members to agree on, and Missouri did not, they did not make unanimous, which got everybody thinking that Missouri was not long for the Big 12. So Tuesday's announcement gave permission to the chancellor to seek other opportunities for the school. You know, everybody knows that they're, they're, they, want, they had the eye on the SEC. And uh, Chancellor Deaton has stepped down as the uh, chair, uh, Big 12 chair. And some of the quotes are, are interesting because he touches on, he understands why the Big 12 wants to do the, the revenue sharing for Tier 1 and Tier 2 uh, for stability. But he's, Missouri's rocking the boat and making things unstable in the Big 12 by looking elsewhere. So the fans, clearly the fans, want, uh, they want to go to the SEC and all those kind of things and you know, wish them well. Here's a quote that, that I find interesting from uh, Missouri System President. Uh, what brings us here tonight is the Big 12 Conference is now requesting its members to make binding, long-term, irrevocable co- commitments to the Big 12 Conference in about six years. Uh, so I want to report that I'm hoping to make it extended 13 years. Okay, well, either way, we don't fault the Big 12 Conference for asking for that. It is something it should be doing to promote stability. But because we are currently faced with making a long-term commitment to the Big 12, now is the time to explore our options to fully understand where we are without locking locking into a long-term commitment with the Big 12. And that is Missouri Assistant President Steve Owens making that comment. So because schools in Big 12 are agreeing to a revenue sharing of the TV rights for Tier 1 and Tier 2, what that entails is if a member school opts to leave and join another conference, they would, the Big 12 conference keeps that school's TV rights, even if that school is in a new, new conference. Missouri didn't want any part of that. So obviously the current schools like Texas, Oklahoma, Baylor, etc., agreed to that because they believe it's the definite way to ensure stability and keep the Big 12 alive. But apparently not. <laughs> apparently Missouri didn't want any part of that, which opens the door for other schools who you can toss out. Obviously I'm a University of Houston graduate, so hopefully U of H will be considered as a possible addition to the Big 12. SMU is under consideration. You also talk about Big 12 expanding and pillaging in the Big East and getting Louisville and West Virginia. You know, uh, I don't want that. I want to like I like to see the, the area, the Texas schools, the state schools be part of be part of the Big 12. So hopefully we'll see where it goes. And clearly, I, I have no. Problem saying, I'm not ashamed to admit, I'm biased toward my school. I love to see U of H in the Big 12. I know some alums are don't want to be tied with University of Texas and anything athletics, but the bottom line is they are the king of the block, king of the hill. A lot of it is, it is. It's, like, it's like Texas is the sun. Everything revolves around Texas. So if U of H is able to be a part of the Congress, it will benefit the school and athletic much more than my animosity toward Texas. So if it's good for the school, I'm all for it. If it means being, if you want to call it a redhead stepchild of Texas, but it means AQ and BCS consideration, I'm all for it anyhow. And, and I believe in this. If you don't want to be dealing with them, you know, on an administrative level, get it done on the, because on the, it's all boiling around sports. 
You know, the money grab is, is that's what it is. So what, when you finally get accept, accepted, like when when you finally moved into the Southwest Conference, you roll in and you start kicking butt. Right. You establish yourself right there, and then you ain't got nothing to say, and they ain't got nothing to say to you. Now, mind you, it's all about a recruiting battle. If you start winning, you start kicking butt, it's all, and it don't matter. You just get that done. You know, because that's, 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 I'll never forget Coach Yomas and Coach Lewis said, point blank, all we want to do is get in. Right. You, we get in, and then it's going to be on us. And we're we going to get this done. And it, it'll be on U of H administration, athletic department, the alums, because if that were to happen and they were invited and accepted in touch to the Big 12, then that would definitely speed up the process, in my opinion, to put shovel in the ground. On, on Robertson Stadium, show them the ground for a hot pavilion, get all those things done. Money should be pouring in. A lot of fans would have no excuses. Should shouldn't have any other excuses except for the obvious ones. If you don't have the finances, you know, put that aside. If you have the finances, if U of H is, is in the Big 12, then it's time for everybody to step up yeah. and support the athletics. Hopefully that will happen. Hopefully that will become an issue before U of H and will join the Big 12. We'll see how things go. You know, we talked about uh, reports of SMU being considered as a Big East member department with TCU for travel purposes. You and I both know TCU, that, and, SMU, TCU and SMU do not get along. So, folks, if that if that happens, I'd be stunned. Not saying it wouldn't. It's not saying it's not impossible. But I'll be shocked if SMU and TCU are the same guy. And basically, what it will boil down to is what has transpired over the last since the, the breakup. Eventually, TCU will leave because they, the administration at those two institutions, refuse to stay in the same conference with each other. That's why TCU has, has moved around as much as they have, exactly. basically to stay out of that limelight. And as Coach Patterson said this weekend, in a quote, "I didn't understand it when I got here." I didn't understand it until this past weekend. Now I get it. It's, it's there is a uh, philosophical issue between the two schools. Even though they're close and all, and we're dealing with recruits, it doesn't matter. But they don't want to be in the same room with each other. And that's, folks, that's, and, and, and that's, that's the, the truth. That, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, it, it's, it's almost to the fighting point. And this past weekend with SMU winning that game at T, uh, uh, beating TCU, that was like icing on the cake. They've turned the corner. Yeah. And now they, they, they've come to a point now at a crossroads where they can make inroads. And, and SMU, that SMU U game on November 19th, that's the one that's going to be huge. That's going to be a, that, here at Rock Stadium, but that's going to be a huge game. That's going to be the expect in this conference. Yeah. Because one of SMU, those two teams is going to make a run. SMU's defense is a lot better than folks think. Yeah. So, um, you know, and SMU beating TCU is good for the conference, Conference USA. So, We'll see how things go. We are obviously going to talk about the NBA lockout. But this week, you and I have uh, seen practice at Rice and U of H, first day of practice for both women's basketball programs. We've checked out the videos are on the YouTube channel, uh, Houston Rumball on YouTube. We interviewed uh, DeFron Smart, senior point guard for Rice, as well as Greg Williams, Rice House head coach. And on Tuesday, we talked to senior point guard for U of H, Forrest Landry, and Tyler Cannon, U of H head coach. You can check those interviews out. I also have uh, articles for both of them on my website, HoustonLombardView.com. Both teams are in, are in different yeah. levels. Yeah. Uh, the Cougars are rebuilding. One, you have a battleship, and the other one, you have a cruiser. Uh, you know, the Cougars were 16-0 regular season last year, advanced to the NCAA tournament. 
where they lost four key players. Uh, graduation, uh, Courtney Taylor, Brittany Scott, Brittany Mason, Leslie Mason. That's a four to start in five right there. Poor Sandy's only starter, returning starter from the team. Uh, they're losing points, rebounds, toughness, defense, attitude, all those things. They got eight new players on this year's squad, and you can tell. And the the main thing is two, two words you just mentioned, attitude and toughness. Yes. Because when it came time, okay, we, we got to make a stop. And they got it done. They got it done. They had come behind games last year that I didn't see how and where they win this game, but they found ways to get it done. Coach Buchanan has his work out for him this year, and it's not to say that they're going to have a horrible season or anything like that. It's too early to tell all that. They just, the sooner the younger players adjust to the to college basketball, um, sooner Port Landry adjusts to her teammates and gets them to follow her because she is a team leader. She's a general. As she told us in the interview, and she can't get frustrated with the new people not getting it. So as soon as she can handle that and get them to come along, they should be okay. Now, non-conference schedule, they got some tough teams. I take this tech, TCU, uh, the return game with Georgetown up there. We'd always beat them match about 40 at Hawkeye. Yeah. So it probably be as bad when they go. That's a road game this year. So it might not be as bad this year because of the inexperience experience on the Houston squad this year. But the Owls, in, in our opinion, the Owls are the best team in the city this year. We expect the Owls, we expect the Owls to get to the NCAA tournament. Right. They got to WNIT last year. They finished third conference USA regular season last year. They got a bye to the conference tournament. All these positives. They have senior point guard. They got, in your opinion, the best player in the city of Houston and Jessica Custer. In my opinion, she's second best player because she's a sophomore. She got to prove it. Um, but but it's all there for them because they had four started returning. Right. So they got their core returning, whereas U of A's lost their core. Yeah. So it's up to them to get it done. And the 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 one thing that I think will will make them uh, better this year, they've got three freshmen that will contribute. Uh, Reem Musa and Nicky Maduka are two of them. I know Reem is a point guard. Yeah. Uh, Nicky Maduka is a front court player. She's a strong post player. She got she she's impressed. She looked good in practice. So and as as Coach mentioned in your, in your video, uh, there were freshmen that didn't act like freshmen. Right. In, 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 as, as far as it been first day of workouts, uh, as a group in a group setting under the whistle. He didn't notice them. You know, they didn't stand out. It was almost like, okay, we just got to, we're going to go and blend in. We'll be contributive. We're, we're going to make this, we're going to make this work. You know, it's, it's about getting on the floor, you know, and not whining and crying. And we, we touched on, uh, just wrap it up with, with, uh, U of H and Rice, because I think you'll be talking to interview, interviewing Coach Gleason in Houston Baptist. We'll right. get around to other areas, goes to it. We're not, we're not ignoring them. We, but we do things as we can get them done. Um, Rice opens on their season on the road at Prairie View on the 11th of November. U of H opens at home, I think on the 11th as well, against New Mexico State. Right. So I'll be on the hill watching Rice at Prairie View because Prairie View went to the, went to the NCAA tournament last year. Right. Rice, we expect to get to the NCAA tournament this year. So it'll be a very good test for both Rice and PV. So shifting gears now. We've got that college basketball talk out the way. Time for the NBA lockout. <clears throat> Are we going to have a – well, I'm gonna, I, I, I noticed that uh, uh, David Stern has, has canceled the rest of the, the uh, preseason Preseason game. canceled. Now, yes. my next question is, why was the deadline set for this Monday rather than as the meetings were conducted over the weekend, especially after what transpired last week in the meeting, between, uh, especially the shouting match between – because it's all public now – between Dwayne Wade and, and, uh, and the commissioner? 
it's, that's public, you know, since we weren't there, it depends on your sources of it, for the right. shoddy match or whatever, but David Stern was, some quotes say that D. Wade, Dwayne Wade said to David Stern, don't talk like a child, you know, and David Stern apparently pointed at Dwayne Wade, put stuck his finger out there, you know, we'll see. But those meetings, they met twice last week, small groups in large group where the star players, NBA players appeared in the larger group, and then Monday of Tuesday, Monday and Tuesday this week, did the same thing, small groups, big groups, Tuesday, they got closer and closer to an agreement, uh, Commissioner Stern, Adam Silver, the CEO of the NBA, and then uh, Derek Fisher, president of the Play Association, and Billy Hunt, executive vice president. After the meetings, you know, they made official the cancellation of preseason. Depending on who you want to talk, depending on who you want to believe, 50-50 split was discussed. David Stern said that was mentioned to uh, Billy Hunter and Derek Fisher. Other side said that was not mentioned at all. They were shocked that uh, Commissioner Stern made that public with the 50-50 discussion. David Stern says that. Well, that means he has an agenda. Then. There you go. That's that's what this all comes down to. That's what I'm about to say. He's going to be the one that's going to make the decision. That's, that's, that's what, what the owners like it or not. Come down to because Commissioner Stern said they would not make any announcements regarding regular season games until Monday, and that's October was that 10th. Yeah. So that's that's the uh, deadline. So you'll be on based the road on, <laughs> based on the, the my colleagues, NBA colleagues, guys who do a great job through this whole process who I followed on Twitter, Ken Berg, uh, Brian Mahoney, Chris Sheridan, all these guys believe that that's the deadline. This weekend, a deal will get done. That's because they're, they're roughly about $80 million apart now. We're talking about basketball later income. The players just got 57% in the old deal that's expired. The initial... Agreement the owner was seeking the new deal was 46%. That's come down to about 53 players, 50 owners. So we're looking at a possible 2% negotiation now. 2%, 1% equates to about $40 million, $40 billion. Now, my question is, why would the agents, these, these so-called people that, that uh, the players have working for them instead of the person that, that, that the employee wants to ask the uh, employer. Right. You, well, you need to get, get, get some things done because uh, money's in all of uh, our money pockets that are starting to become like on the agent side. And let me let me be clear to everybody listening to us. Uh, we're talking 40 million. Differences right now for $80 million. Not $80 billion, obviously, because the league doesn't make that much money. So about $80 million difference. They can get that done. They can come to an agreement and get that done. The Wildcats touching on there is a, a contingency of about seven super agents who want the players, basically wants the players to decertify the union and, and take and take this to court. That's what they want. They don't believe so. Some groups of agents don't believe the players should ask for anything below what they already have. It's 57 percent BR the basketball later income. That ain't gonna happen. So you got agents who, if they're seeking decertification, they just want this to go to court. They want some utopia to happen and thinking that the owners are somehow going to cave and <laughs> and give the players money that ain't going to happen you know going to court is going to take years yeah it'd be and it, like as long as that happens basketball won't get played right, right. if it goes to court basketball games will not be played season will be canceled maybe more than one because if you still hold on to a belief that of getting 57% of keeping things status quo that ain't, that's not going to happen we already know that they sent letters. The agents sent a letter to uh, the players saying, "Be strong, stand pat." Blah blah blah. Derek Fisher sent a letter to his players saying, 
he read the letter that the agent sent. There's information, misinformation in the letter, letter that the agent sent. So, if the agent's letter c- contained inf- incorrect information, then they're already on shaky ground with the players if they want them to decertify. And like you pointed out, the players, agents work for the players. The players don't work for the agents. Yes, the agents are important in terms of certain things, certain contract issues, yeah. things like that, to help you promote them, that, that help your brand, read you know, and, and, all those things. Hurt. That's important. But the players are the ones on the court. Players are the ones who invest in the time and the talent. Players are the ones that fans pay the money to see them. Fans will pay to see the agents nope. and litigate. And so most of these agents, keep that in mind. Most of these agents out here now, they are not the, 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 what I call the old crew agents where I'm. It wasn't necessary to uh, to be seen, just to know that your player is out there doing the best was 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 for the, the league, for himself, and for his family. These agents that are out here now, these guys want to be relevant. They want to be out in front, just like the owners are. Well, you need to sit on the sideline and just watch. Just do what you do every day. Read contracts. Make sure I'm I'm, I'm making money off court. Because uh, while I'm, I'm playing, I'm getting it done on the court. I don't need you in my, you know, basketball business. I need you making, that, you know, getting signings and all the sponsorship. Right. And that's and to to wrap it up regarding lockout stuff. You know, I, I do believe if it, a deal doesn't get done this weekend, well, actually, if they meet Thursday, and then because we have Friday, Saturday is Yom Kippur. You know, again, following day in the Jewish calendar, so right. there won't be any negotiations mm-hmm. on Friday and Saturday. So, possible meeting Thursday, the possible meeting Sunday, and then those two days, hopefully they'll get something done where a season, the season, will start on time. Because preseason being canceled, it's not that big a deal. It, it'll impact the cities that that have were hosting games and lose out on their revenue, so it impact them. But hopefully they're close enough. Now we're talking two percentage points, eighty million dollars a year. Hopefully they get that done, and th- everything will not blow up, and we won't be looking at missing games and games not until December, January, the whole season going down the toilet. Hopefully that won't be the case. You and I are making plans. We'll be at the Conference USA Basketball Media Day next week. Uh, we should have uh, videos, interviews. Uh, post on our website. What's your website? People look forward to these great in- great information that we will be uh, presenting them. www.kingsideview.com. Hit that hot button. College Sports Report will pop up. College Sports Report's blog is www.aksvdcsr.blogspot.com. And I'm also on uh, my big head is in the last issue. It is. It's blowing. It's a huge blow up on my head. You know, you got it. And the the latest issue issue of King Size Views on page 14. I'm not ashamed to say where it is. You go look at it. See if you accept how huge the picture is. But uh, these shoes are available on kingsizeview.com. The layout is an outstanding. Great job on the website. You can go through, read the issues, and you can pay through them. Both our hotkeys are also on the homepage of King Size View. My website is www.houstonroundbarreview.com. Um, we're both on Twitter. Uh, my hashtag, my Twitter handle is T H E H R Review. And yours is Wildcat. A K S V D C S R. And I'm also, Houston Round Bar Review is also on Facebook. We're both on Facebook, and I have a fan page for the Round Bar Review. You can check that out. 
as well. I guess I'm going to start mentioning now. I'm a member of the Greater Houston Basketball Committee. We've started uh, working on the GuyVLewisAward.org website. It's live. Coaches will be able to submit the nominations for the their best players, high school, while talking high school. Uh, the Gavi Lewis Award will go to the best boys basketball player in the Houston area. The award will be given out in March, uh, on Tuesday of Final Four week. So I'm very proud to be a part of that and very proud to be a part of anything associated with Coach Gavi Lewis. Um, you'll see more, get more information about that. The people are part of the committee, you all know locally. Uh, fans will, will be able to vote for the players, media will be able to vote as well. So uh, listen to that. Gavi Lewis Award is also on Facebook. There is a page on Facebook for that. So we're going to try to blow that up on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we have uh, colleagues on radio and print as well. So you'll be hearing hopefully more and more about the Gavi Lewis Award as the basketball season gets underway. Thank you very much for listening. I think we touched on a lot of different things today. hope we didn't miss anything. And if we did, we'll touch on it again in another podcast. Thank you for listening. Tell your friends uh, about KG and the Flipper Wildcat. Tell your friends that, uh, hey, we want to get part of this. We want to uh, sponsor the, the uh, podcast. We're looking forward to that. Um, we're uh, interested in talking to you about doing those things. We're everywhere on the Internet, uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, blogs. Walk um, at us blogs. I have blogs. Links are on our website. Thank you very much. Hopefully the NBA will be uh, something to talk about NBA-wise on the court. Next, the next podcast. We'll definitely be talking about college, but college no basketball. No doubt, because college basketball media day, like we said, is, is next week for Conference USA. Then the following week will be Big 12. And yes. We'll be at that as well. And that's be interesting because <laughs> Missouri may be gone. <laughs> A&M is gone. Going to the SEC. So that should be, that should be very interesting to talk about. I will ask my proverbial question uh, because now it will definitely become relevant. How do the basketball coaches feel about all what's going on around them? Because that, that is a setting where you can ask that question and whether you get it a legitimate answer. Well, hopefully, or not. hopefully we'll get some good record, good answers on the record, record. and then maybe we'll get some comments off the record. record. <laughs> so uh, as always, thanks very much for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, we're getting positive responses and feedback regarding the podcast. So in conclusion, as I say, to wrap it up, be, how do I say first, my man? Be cool. Be true and do more. Or do I say, be true, be cool, and do more. And listen to this podcast later on when I post it. Because if things go well, you might hear something that you hadn't heard before. So thank you very much for listening. That's Take what care. Makes us us. And that's what makes us us. Because as we get better with these things, we're experimenting. We're doing different things. And hopefully uh, you'll enjoy it because I'm proud of I'm proud of what the Wildcat and I are doing, and I, I think uh, and the Wildcat is proud of what we're doing also. And it's, it is it is different. We're doing things uh, because we like doing it. I mean, especially women's basketball wise, oh. because you know not many folks do that. Yeah. So um, very few shows are dedicated to women's women's sports. Period. Now these days, correct. Especially you know, internet wise, that we have colleagues who are starting their own uh, podcasts uh, on websites, and we we have no problem with that. More exposure and coverage women's basketball, especially during football season, is fantastic. And there's not a lot of that going on in the Houston area, and that's that's where we come in, and we have no we enjoy it. And I will touch on this. 
because Wednesday night is game two of the WNBA Finals between the Minnesota Lynx and the Atlanta Dream. I say that because you're, you're, you're one of your favorite players. Not so little. As University of Houston. Bless our heart. Bless our heart. Playing for Atlanta Dream. So with Sancho, well, good luck to you, Saint. She didn't score much in game one, and uh, the dream lost. But she's still getting it done. But she still makes things happen. I'm proud to see the success that she's enjoyed in her pro career. So now we're going to wrap it up. And I think uh, game two is going to be on ESPN2. I think tip-off is at 7. That information is on my blog. You can check that out at HoustonRunBarview.com. Wrapping it up, be true, be cool, and do more. <laughs>